The 2024 South African national government elections are going to be massively influenced by a huge and crucial piece of research that just came out. It's the 2022-2023 South African National Census. And look, numbers aren't sexy. And I'm about to talk about numbers for the next 20 to 30 minutes of your life. And I'm sorry about that. But these numbers are incredibly important. And they are sexy. Unlike your high school maths teacher who for five years desperately tried to convince you that you should care about numbers such that you could get a vaguely decent metric pass and then go into the university study of your dreams, I am going to try and succeed in explaining to you why these numbers from this national census matter so much. You see... National censuses are huge pieces of research that try to figure out exactly what is going on in a country. What a country is, how many people there are, how many of them live in houses, how many of those houses have electricity and piped water, how many people have jobs, how many people speak this language or come from this place or make this kind of money or have this kind of access to basic services from sewerage to medical care. And so a national census is crucial because it tells us what a country actually is and what it is like for people to live in that country. And censuses in South Africa only happened like once a decade or longer. There have only been four of them since the new South Africa from 1994. The first was in 1996, then in 2001, then 2011, and now the 2022 one. This new set of numbers is the data that we now have upon which we will make all kinds of decisions and form all kinds of beliefs about South Africa. And particularly with a year to go from the 2024 elections, these are the numbers that are going to be used by the ruling government political party, the ANC, to try and justify its performance in the last handful of years. And it's going to be used by all the opposition parties to try to slam the ANC as the entire political establishment tries to convince you to vote for them. They're going to use these numbers to shape a narrative about how South Africa is doing that will support their political agenda. So these numbers really matter. And in this episode, we are going to dig through and try to understand the most important ones. Welcome to The Issue with Dan Corder, where we know that South Africa is a movie. Come watch with us as we try to figure out the biggest and most influential news stories, what they mean for us as a nation, and how they are likely to affect our country in the next few days, months, years, and beyond. As I'm sure you know by now, every single episode that you hear on podcast form, wherever you're listening, is also in video form up on YouTube, if you'd like to go and check out that analysis that we have there. You can catch us on social media all over the place, and you can see all the details in the description of this podcast. And before we get into the episode proper, I must ask you for the smallest favor once again, which is to please, if you don't mind, click follow so that we can keep the lights on and make sure that this project continues to grow and talk about the big issues in South Africa. Right, here's the issue with the 2022 South African census. And speaking of issues, there is a big actual specific issue with this latest 22 census. It's got a 31% undercount, which is horrifying. So maybe like me, you're not a statistician or an economist and you needed that explained to you uh, because when I read that news headline, I immediately 
didn't know what it meant. Essentially, what it means is that 31% of South Africa's population was missed. Now, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I was missed. I didn't I wasn't approached by a field worker working for the South African National Census for Stats SA, asking me a ton of questions about my life and figuring out how I fit into this massive, diverse, confusing, and complicated country. I was undercounted. Yes and no. So when there's such a massive group of people that need to be studied, too many that they could all ever be asked all of the questions because it's incredibly expensive, time-consuming. Imagine how many people you would need to hire to go out into the field to interview 62 million people, impossible. So whenever there's such a massive group that needs to be studied, statisticians get together and they use very reliable, decades-long tested equations and formulas to figure out how many people need to be interviewed that could reasonably then be expected to be representative of the whole group of people. And so they would have done this for the census, they would have figured out that they needed to interview X number of people, and if they did that, then they could be confident that when they extrapolated the information from that X group of people, it would represent Y, which is the whole of South Africa. And it was at that moment that there was a 31% undercount. 31% of the population was missed. And so the extrapolation that Stats SA made into the information that we have now misses 31% of the people. Now, Stats SA, the organization that did this research, they insist that they have confidence in the information that they've now provided us because yes there was a 31% undercount but they have used a raft of creditable reliable statistical models to overcome the undercount they insist that we can be confident about the information provided but just to give you an idea the average undercount for african countries doing censuses is like 5% developed countries it's usually around 2% south africa's largest undercount before this was 17% the 2011-2012 census had only 14.6% undercount. So 31% is a real disaster. And we will always now have to keep in the back of our minds that the information in this census is probably not reliable enough. And yet, it's too late now. Because, as I said, censuses are incredibly difficult to organize, they're incredibly difficult to fund and execute. And South Africa only really seems to get a census once every decade or so. The last one was in 2011, and the one before that was in 2001. So probably for another decade or so, this is the only information that we have. This is it. These are the numbers, undercount or not. There is no fact-checking, backup census coming. And that is hectic. Not just for what I said earlier about the fact that these numbers are going to be used by political parties to try and convince them to vote for you, in just a few months' time. In fact, it has already started, as we'll speak about in a second. But because these are the numbers that South Africa's government, at various levels, from national through municipal and local, use to inform policy decisions. They will use this data to decide whether to start or stop or continue or increase budget or decrease budget or develop or slow down all kinds of projects, taxpayer-funded projects, that are supposed to be helping South Africans all across the country. Business hives will use this data to inform all kinds of decisions about what the big corporates and the big economic movers and shakers of South Africa do in the next 10 years and beyond. So we're kind of stuck with this, and it's really going to matter. So I'm sure you're thinking, why was the undercount so terrible? And there are a couple of theories for this. The first one is COVID, because remember, 
To do a census, you need thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of field workers to go out into South Africa and interview enough people to get a representative data set. And COVID put everybody in their homes for a very, very long time. There have also been a bunch of natural disasters that have made it particularly terrible. Just think of the floods in KwaZulu-Natal. Think about there's no way that you can be going out there and asking people information in that kind of long-running ecological disaster. Thirdly, whenever there is a rise in xenophobia, there is a rise in distrust for the government or any kind of official who is asking you questions if you are a foreigner living in any country, whether you are there legally or not. You don't want to provide your data. You don't want to provide your information. You probably don't trust the person in front of you, even if they claim they are a census worker who just wants some information about your life and are not trying to hunt you down or get you on any kind of record that will get you in trouble. And we know that in the last year to five years, there has been a dramatic rise in xenophobia in South Africa. Many political parties are extremely xenophobic in the way that they're going about trying to get votes. And we'll continue to ramp that up in the next few months until the next election. So that was probably also a reason why people didn't want to speak to census workers. And the last thing, and this is always true, by the way, this last thing, is that there are many people in South Africa who just distrust the government. They don't want the government to know their business. They don't want the government to know if maybe a family member has died or there are a lot of people living in a family or there are children or not children or there are breadwinners or not breadwinners. They don't want the government in their business. And if they can ignore a doorbell or tell a census worker to go away, they probably will. And so it is generally hard for census workers, field workers in South Africa, to get the data that they need. But before you're thinking to yourself that, oh, it sounds like just poor people don't want to speak to census workers, what is pretty interesting is that there is a race and class-based analysis of this undercount that suggests that actually wealthier people have no interest in spending a little bit of time responding to a census, or that it's particularly hard for them to do so. Because what StatsSA also told us is that it's incredibly difficult for census workers to do field work when the people they're trying to talk to are living in high-walled homes and gated communities because it's incredibly difficult to then get the people living behind those high walls or in those gated communities to come out and talk to them. So the undercount for black South Africans who are on average poorer than other race groups in South Africa was 36%, but the undercount for white South Africans was 61%, and white South Africans are on average much wealthier. So those are the reasons why we might have such a dramatic and unsettling undercount. And I'm going to give you one case study example from this actual census, which shows you how messy an undercount and an unreliable census can get. So from this latest census, StatsSA claims that there are 2.4 million foreigners, citizens of other countries living in South Africa, migrants, right? But in 2020, just a few years ago, there was a mid-year population estimate of 3.9 million migrants in South Africa. Where did the 1.5 million migrants go? That is a huge discrepancy in just a few years. And I think that we would have noticed as a country if 1.5 million people had left. That is an enormous group of people if 1.5 million people had left in just a few years. And when you think about the movement of people into and outside of South Africa, it's a give and take. There are people coming and there are people leaving. The likelihood of a net loss of 1.5 million people that we didn't notice is extremely low. Now, that might be linked to the fact that xenophobia has increased dramatically in the last few years, 
So as StatsSA says, maybe foreigners in general don't want to talk to census workers now, even more so than they didn't want to talk to them in 2020. But this is exactly where the potential unreliability of this information becomes really unnerving. And this case study is just one of a bunch of sets of data across the 2022 census that are going to be used by policymakers, by local and national government, by business leaders, and by political parties to try and get your votes that might not be trustworthy. So that is just legitimately a massive, massive issue with these numbers. But they're the numbers we have to use, and StatsSA insists that they are credible, reliable numbers. So let's look at what South Africa is in 2022-2023. And the way that we're going to look at this data is in comparison with the last census, which was in 2011-2012. Because you would probably actually have already heard the ANC trying to gloat about the success that they've had, or at least that they see the census proving that they've had, by comparing the 2022-23 data to the 95-96 data. Because there, what the ANC is trying to say is that they've actually done a lot of good for South Africa since 1995-96. And sure, that is true, they have been in government since then, but you know as well as I that being in power for 30 years means that lots and lots of different people have been in leadership positions in government. Not just in the presidency, but throughout all the ministries and all of the municipalities. And what's likely is that the ANC hasn't steadily been doing its job for 30 years. They've had fruitful years and then very, to be polite, unfruitful years. And if we were to compare 1995-96 to say 2011-2012, we would find what was done in the Mandela years, the Mbeki years, and then just a few of the Jacob Zuma years. But the dissatisfaction, the fury, the frustration, the hopelessness of South Africans in 2023 is really about the modern ANC in the last 10 to 15 years, the wasted years, as Ramaphosa called them, about much of Jacob Zuma's administration, Ramaphosa's own administration. And the feelings of fury among many South African voters is what's been happening in the last decade or so. So we're not going to compare any data to 95-96. We're going to compare the 2022-23 census data to 2011-2012 to see what the modern ANC has done with South Africa. And you can take in these numbers and figure out whether you think the ANC has done a good enough job for you or not. So let's start at the start. South Africa now has 62 million people in it, up from 51 million people in 2011. Now, on the face of it, that's just a number. It's unclear how an increase in population like that would help the ANC's argument to be re-elected in 2024 or help the opposition to strengthen their case for your vote. But when we couple that information with other information from the census, then you see how this kind of data gets used. In fact, it already has been used because the DA Shadow Minister of Finance, Dion George, recently claimed that the ANC government has made all South Africans poorer in the last decade. How did he do that? He pointed out that there's been a population increase of 20%, which is true, from 51 million to 62 million, as the latest census shows, while the economy has only grown 12% adjusted for inflation in the same period. So you can see the way that he's using the information to show that the economy has not grown at the same pace as the population growth, and therefore, he says, the ANC has mishandled the economy and made all South Africans poorer. 
Now let's talk about the basics, quite literally basic services. So the ANC has been very proud of the fact that the latest data shows that 88.5% of all South Africans, 88%, now live in formal housing. Not something temporary, not something vulnerable, not a shack, but a formal dwelling. And they've already been saying, look, 65% of South Africans lived in formal dwellings in 1996, but now in 2022-23, it's 88.5%. But if we look at the real comparison, the important one for most South Africans, in 2011, 77.6% of South Africans lived in formal dwellings, and now today in 2022, 88% do. So that's, that's the real comparison. Now, it depends how you feel about those numbers. You might be thinking, wow, 88.5%, that's a lot of South Africans. But instead, you might be thinking, so nearly 30 years of ANC rule, and there is still more than 10% of South Africans living in informal housing in shacks. And the two different views that I just showed you are exactly how that information is going to be used in the run-up to the next election. Very similarly, with access to water in South Africa. So. In 2022, 59.7% of homes have piped water inside their dwelling. That's up from 46.3% in 2011. Now, you might be thinking, wow, the ANC has managed to get more than 12% of South African homes piped water inside their dwelling in the last decade or so. But instead, you might be thinking, what? There are 40% of homes across South Africa that don't have piped water inside their own walls. And again, that is exactly how these numbers are going to be used. Now, something the ANC might be very proud of, the fact that 94.7% of households have access to electricity in 2022-2023 census. That's up from 84.7% in 2011. But does it really matter that 94% of South African homes have access to electricity within their homes when there's load shedding five days a week and we only have power two or three of them. Now let's talk about education because the ANC government has sold education, probably correctly, as the ticket to a better life. They have insisted that one of the most vital projects of ANC governance in South Africa is getting the population educated because, in their view, the more skills you can give somebody, numeracy, literacy, the more knowledge and information you can give them, the more they are able to change their own circumstances by getting good work through their education and making their own income and alleviating themselves from poverty. So education is a really, really important piece of data from the 2022-23 census. And before 2024's election, the ANC government will almost certainly proudly tell you that in 2022-23, around half, just under 50%, of adult South Africans have at least matric. They've completed school. Although your counterthought might be, but didn't they drop the pass mark to 33%? So, I mean, it isn't clear necessarily that all of these South Africans are getting very good educations at all or good marks from their matrics at all. But it is true that 37% of South Africans now have matric and a further 12% also have some kind of tertiary education in a university or, or a college. So if we put them together, it's pretty much 50% of South Africa. That is a significant change from 2011, where only around 40% of South Africans had at least a matric, if not a further qualification. But what's crucial in this data is to see where that extra 10% came from. That extra 10% of South Africans between 2011 and 2022 who got at least a matric. 
And here is a piece of information that many political parties might use as a stick to beat the ANC government with. Because if you look at the data, in 2022, 12% of South Africans, 12.2%, had some kind of tertiary education. And in 2011, it was 11.7%. So virtually that whole extra 10% of people who completed at least matric had only completed matric. 37% of South Africans in 2023 have got a matric and nothing further. And 28% of South Africans in 2011 had a matric and nothing further. So sure, the ANC has been getting many more people through matric at whatever pass rate they've now chosen it to be but they are really struggling to create an education system where more South Africans can get further study and higher qualifications. Now let's look at immigration and foreigners and migrants because this, as I've already said, is going to be massive in 2024. The amount of xenophobia, the obsession of so many political parties with our porous borders, the claims that so many migrants and foreigners are coming into South Africa and stealing our jobs and stealing our homes and committing crimes is a core issue for many South Africans and a whole political agenda for many parties going into 2024. So let's look at the data. According to this latest census, there are 2.4 million international migrants living in South Africa today, which equates to around 3% of the total population. And that again is where different political parties will try to shape the numbers to their advantage. You will hear many political parties who are running on an anti-immigrant ticket saying, There are more than 2 million foreigners here in your country, in our country. And on the flip side, you will hear other political parties saying, there's only 3%. Like, you can't blame just 3% of a population for so many South Africans being unemployed. So much crime. By the way, the data shows that the vast majority of crimes in South Africa are committed by South Africans, which really shouldn't surprise you when migrants are only 3% of the population. But this is how these numbers are going to be used for different people's advantages. Unsurprisingly, the vast majority of foreigners living in South Africa come from the Southern African area, the Southern African Development Community countries. It's like 86%. And again, unsurprisingly, the vast majority of migrants in this country are Zimbabweans. In fact, the number of Zimbabweans in South Africa has increased dramatically since 2011. And that also makes sense because Zimbabwe is our direct border neighbor and has experienced a bunch of very scary destabilizing ructions over the last decade. The economy has continued to bottom out. Robert Mugabe was deposed by Emerson and Nangagwa. There's been a lot of state-sanctioned violence and intimidation in that country, and so many Zimbabweans have come to South Africa in search of better lives. There are over one million Zimbabweans living in South Africa. The next largest population of migrants is Mozambicans, who only have 415,000 living in South Africa. After that, Lesotho, Malawi. And then interestingly, fun fact, the fifth largest population group of foreign citizens living in this country is from the UK. But maybe the one way that this data point is separate and distinct from the others is that this data point about migrants is far more potentially dangerous for people. Because maybe unlike the other data points we've discussed on this episode, this data point, this information and these numbers about migrants can be twisted by people into encouraging and stimulating violent, evil behavior against other human beings who just so happen to have been born in a different country from our own. And so when it comes to all of the data that has come out of this 2022 census, this is the one that really, really worries me. 
And this is the one that I'm going to be watching with laser focus in the next 12 months. So that's the issue with the national census of South Africa that was just released. Even if you don't think these numbers are sexy, I hope that you now get how important these numbers are for South Africa in the next decade, how much they are going to have an influence over this country and over the next election. Thank you so much for listening. We really, really appreciate your kind attention as always. Please send through any feedback that you like. We're on all the social medias and you can see the details of how to contact us directly in the caption of this episode. You can go and watch the video version of this episode on the National Census Across on YouTube. Just search The Issue with Dan Corder. And one more time, if you like this episode, please just take a second to click follow because it makes a hell of a difference as we try to keep this project going and getting more and more crucial information about the big issues of South Africa out to everybody. The next episode of The Issue with Dan Corder comes out next week. Until then, have a good one.